What's up, everyone? This is episode 228 of the Wax Museum podcast, where I talk about all things basketball cards from past to present to future. This is your host, Kyle, and as always, you guys can find me throughout the week on social media. My Instagram is at Wax Museum Podcast, and my Twitter is at Wax Museum PC. And I guess I should also mention I'm on threads now, too. Not super active there, but I guess we just have to join them all and see which one lasts. Anyway, I hope you guys are doing well. I hope you've had a great week so far. If not, maybe these next 40 minutes or so can be an escape for you. I've got a few things lined up for you today. A card show recap from this past weekend, including a nice PC pickup. I've got a quick collecting story involving my mom and my grandpa. And then all of that is headlined by a conversation I had with two guys you probably know, Chad from Pack to the Future podcast and Carter, who you've heard from a couple times before, who goes by MC Basketball PC. They were kind enough to hop on a Zoom call earlier this week and we talked about all things national. So you'll want to make sure to stay tuned for that. All right. So this past weekend, I had a couple of uh, different hobby experiences. The first one I want to talk about is a card show I went to at a driving range. And that's probably not the right word or right title for it. The place was more like a top golf. So I don't, I'm not a golfer, but whatever you want to call that, I know it's kind of more of a game area, but this was the Nona Collect show at the Drive Shack in Orlando, Florida. And the way this one was set up, you go into the building and you head upstairs. And there's a main room, which was jam-packed with tables. There was a smaller room in front of that, which was lined with tables as well. And then there was a small outside area with the golf bays. And there was probably at least a handful of tables out there. And um, out there, there wasn't any signage for this, but I think that's also where the designated trading area was located because I know one was listed on the flyer. I didn't partake in any trading this time around, but I thought that was a nice change of pace because I've seen several shows around here that actually discourage trading on the show floor and then also in the show lobby. And there are two sides to that. I understand why, because I think people were doing that instead of paying to set up a table and dealers probably weren't happy about that. And I don't blame them, but you know what? If the tables at a show sell out anyway, and you've got that open area, I think it's a great idea and it just keeps people involved. So I love the venue in theory. I think it was a cool spot to host a card show. I think Leighton Sports had the longest drive competition. And then the venue also offered discounted rates on golf bays if that was your thing. So if you got a group of friends that are into cards, it could have made for a really fun day. So I like the venue in theory, but it was just too crowded. It was really hard to move around and in some cases hard to dig in boxes because you were just shoulder to shoulder with someone. I expect that at the National, not so much at a local show. So I'm interested to see what they do about that moving forward. It's probably a good thing. I mean, that means they're growing. So just something, though, that they're going to have to be mindful of. And I think they are. Now, you might have seen it on social media already, but I did find one nice PC card at this show that I was pretty excited about. I'm walking through and I look at a showcase. There's some trout stuff in there, but there's one card that just sticks out to me. Just, you know, just gets my attention right away. And it was a 2012-2013 National Treasures Timeline Patch Auto, numbered to 10, of Elgin Baylor. And, and yeah, it's a sticker auto, which I'm not wild about, but it's got a pretty big, old, dirty-looking patch on it. 
and that stuff's really difficult to track down for Elgin Baylor. So before I even engaged with the dealer on a potential deal, I just asked him if I could film his case for my YouTube channel because I do try to do that when I make content. I try to be as polite as I can about it. And I guess he that triggered a memory for him because he recognized me asking him that question before and he said, weren't you in the shop recently? And that's when it all came together. I realized he worked for Orlando Sports Card South, which is a shop that I toured on my YouTube channel about a month ago. And I, I kind of laughed and said, yeah, I was there, but this Baylor definitely wasn't in your shop when I was there. And he told me, you know, no, it wasn't as part of his personal collection. Long story short, eventually we were both able to get to a number that we could tolerate. And I'm happy to add that one to the PC. So I didn't walk away with much, but I did get one that I really liked. Now, speaking of PCs, I've got another story that isn't basketball related. It is collecting related though, and it was kind of a fun moment for me. So uh, just bear with me here. The next morning after this card show, I went to visit my parents for breakfast as I do every weekend. And after we had finished eating, kind of out of the blue, my mom says, would you like to see some of Papaw's old Indy 500 tickets? And uh, my grandpa passed away a few years ago. I knew this collection existed um, and, and they were all tickets from races that he had been to. I knew it had been passed down, but that was really the extent of what I knew. I didn't want to be pushy about it. You know, I, I, I had a feeling this moment would come at some point. And um, no one in my family collects cards. My dad doesn't collect cards, but he watches sports. My mom collects other stuff. So, um, you know, it's, my interest in cards is kind of a combination of their two interests. So whenever I see someone in the family that has collected anything, whether it's like my six-year-old nephew and his Pokemon cards or my mom and her uh, Blue Willow China, you know, whatever it is, I'm all ears. So she pulls out this box that's got a gallon Ziploc bag in it. And inside of this bag, there's maybe 75 tickets, mostly from the Indianapolis 500. There were a few others in there. But from the 500, they were dating as far back as 1958. And in most cases, it was two copies of each ticket because uh, my grandpa and my grandma went. And I tell you what, you know, these tickets were stunning. Like, I don't know what they did to take care of them. They probably put them inside their program every time they went, but these tickets were stunning. Um, and not only that, they're, they're kind of like a family heirloom because my family's gone to this race. They went for like 50 straight years. They don't go anymore. I only got to go twice and I think it was in 98 and 99, but those are memories I'll never forget. So seeing these tickets and feeling that after only having gone twice, I can't imagine how my mom feels going through those because she probably went to at least 30, probably more than that, probably 40 of these races with her dad and the rest of the family. So now whenever something like this comes about, I'm kind of the collector consultant. So I hopped on Amazon. I said, hey, you know, we, ju we just need to get you some ticket holders because this gallon bag has worked so far, but let's not chance it. And, and she was entirely on board with that. So those should get delivered this weekend. And I asked her to wait until I got there uh, next weekend to load them in. A, a little of that was selfish because I want to spend some more time with her in those tickets. And I know loading those in those top loaders, it's going to take a while. So that will do that. And I might take a few minutes to shoot some video as well, because I posted a little 20 second clip on Twitter, teasing the rest of the stack and people seem pretty excited about that. So you might be on the watch for that eventually. It won't be for a little while, though. And 
while I'm on the topic of Twitter engagements, though, you know, I posted this stack of tickets, and you wouldn't believe how many replies or DMs I got with people very first thing telling me, you need to grade those. Or maybe maybe you are aware of that. Maybe you've been in that situation before. But when I saw all these responses, and I know people probably meant well, and, and I know people have been programmed to think that way now, but there's a part of me that wanted to tell people, hey, you know, you got to chill out. And I even had people trying to buy them. It's like, these aren't even mine, right? You need to chill out, read the post, and just wait, right? So we're getting them in protectors, but not everything needs to be trapped in plastic. And I will echo that time and time again. I have nothing necessarily against grading, but I think there's a time and a place, and it's not for everyone. And to go along with that, a more general message Anytime someone posts something, be it a card, a ticket, or whatever, and they're clearly not looking for any sort of advice, if your reply starts with the words, you should, that's probably not an appropriate approach. And I know, you know what, I'm guilty of that too. I've got like 8,000 blowout posts. I'm sure I've done that on there. You can go through my history, social media. I've probably done it on there as well. But having been on the other side of this now, and really many times before, I would say, let's just let people enjoy things in the moment sometimes, because in this case here, this was really an enjoyable moment for me. So um, I I just want to take the time to soak that in. All right, before I move into today's conversation, I want to remind you that this show is brought to you in part by ComC.com. And I've got some big news for you this week. ComC is now your one-stop shop for group grading with their latest direct grading service level. This streamlined direct grading option will allow your cards to be submitted for third-party grading with, get this, a one-week turnaround. Can't beat that. Visit the ComC blog for more details and check it out for yourself. Hi, this is Alan Siegel, the designer of the NBA logo, and now you're listening to the Wax Museum podcast. Okay, so joining me today are a couple of guys that also skipped out on the National last year and opted to go to Dallas instead. So the three of us hung out quite a bit and had a blast in the process. This year, we're all national bound, and I figured it'd be a good time to bring these guys back on the show to do a little preliminary catching up before we head out. So let me introduce everybody here, even though you know these guys. First off, we've got Carter, who goes by MC Basketball PC on social media and Carter, I know you've been to plenty of big card shows, but it's my understanding that this is your first national. Is that correct? Correct, indeed. Okay, so uh, I can't promise that Chad and I are going to give you any crucial pointers, but uh, maybe we can at least sit here as you talk through your thoughts today. Um, so then, Chad, uh, obviously from Pack to the Future podcast, which posts every Saturday morning, make sure you check that out. Uh, Chad, from listening to your show, it sounds like you've been pretty busy getting everything ready for Chicago. So is there a chance that responsible Chad is doing all this stuff in preparation only to have your alter ego Chaz swoop in and squander all the benefits? There is a very good chance of that. And that's why I need friends around me to prevent that from happening. So I'm happy to be on here to chat with you guys and hopefully set up some measures to prevent that. Okay, well, I and I'm not going to promise I'm going to be that good of a friend either, because you know what, sometimes Chaz is kind of fun to be around. So um, let's, you know, while we're at it here, let's just clear this from the start. This is not necessarily a how to segment for the national. So if you want something like that, look elsewhere. Uh, A great spot would be Jake Roy, one of his recent YouTube videos where 
Uh, he had a trio of great guests on there. So make sure you check that out. This is more the three of us talking through our strategy and maybe refining some steps along the way. So you might learn something in the process, but it was never meant to be a definitive guide on how to do things. With that being said, though, I want to start off with a simple question that might not have a simple answer. But my first question is, why go? What are your goals for this year's show? And let's go ahead and hear from Carter first. I know, you know, you, we said we've established that you've never been before. So I, I want to know what's your reason for going to the national. Is FOMO an insufficient answer? I know FOMO works perfectly well. <laughs> it's a great motivator. Yeah, I mean, it is, um, you know, it's always been something that's uh, kind of dominated the hobby sphere for a couple of months leading up to it every year, the national becomes a lot of people's big focus. And um, that's kind of frustrated me in the past, to be honest, when I haven't been able to go and yet um, every, everything that I normally interact with hobby related becomes aimed at this one experience that I'm not a part of. Um, but now that I'm actually gearing up for it and I'm preparing and, and where my mindset is, I totally get it. And so, um, you know, I feel a lot better about, uh, about being that guy now, um, now that I'm actually kind of preparing for it, but I think it just hits so many of the experiences, um, and the activities and the relationships and the opportunities for collecting that I want to, um, have as a part of my year. Um, and so, it's really just, it seems like a, an opportunity to um, to really do a lot of things at once uh, and for those things to kind of have some synergy as they interact together. Yeah. And so I've been to two nationals now. I went to 2019 and, and 2021, both in Chicago. And I, you know, I love them, right? I've heard people say that it, it kind of legitimizes your place in the hobby. So if, if you're listening today, though, I don't really want you to get that impression, right? You can be an active participant in this hobby without having been to the national, it does, it's not a stamp of approval or anything like that. Uh, but with 100%. that being said, it, it is still very enjoyable time. And I would encourage everyone to go if you're, if you're financially in a spot to do so. And if you'd like to, so Chad, um, you have, like I said, you have been to the national before. So, um, what's your purpose? Why are you going to the national again? I think a lot of the things that Carter said hold true and the FOMO is real, but I think it comes with a valid purpose. You know, a lot of people who go talk about it because they do have excellent experiences there. The energy around sports cards and being around what now is going to be what 600,000 square feet of sports cards. Um, everyone there is hyped. Everyone there is excited to go pick off whatever is special to them. And you can feel that energy while you're there. You will see cards, or at least I've seen cards there that I didn't know existed before, which is always fun. And you know, unlike when you're finding that on eBay and then you have to send someone a text or, you know, call your buddy and say like, oh, hey, look, I found this. You just, you turn around and they're right there next to you and sharing that excitement. The experience overall is something that really does draw me there. And I see this a little bit, you know, as we all get older and we have professional responsibilities and we have families or those who are close to us, we don't always get the same opportunities to step away from that at the same time as some of our friends and go have this experience together. And the national is the point every year where we get to have that opportunity. And I think for me this year, that really drives me wanting to go to Chicago after missing out last year. Yeah. And you mentioned it, it's a good chance to step away. And 
Um, you know, I'm off work for the summer, but that is right before I go back to work and I've got people messaging me and whatever. And, and I'll even tell them like, look, I'm, I'm out of town. Like, I'm not even going to see your emails. I'm not going to see your messages. Like I'm shutting you out uh, because I, I'm putting this time aside for this. So it is nice to be able to do that. And um, now that we've kind of established why we're all going, I think we have some commonalities there. It's, it's something that's talked about. It's something we want to experience. We like cards, obviously. Um, I want to hear about the steps you've taken ahead of time, because it's not something that you decide on spur of the moment and go, well, some people have done that. It's not something ideally that you should treat like that. And Carter, you've talked about goals on this show before. Probably you've broken it down better than anyone I've ever heard on a hobby podcast. So I'm interested to see what your prep looks like as someone that's never been to this show. You know, how are you learning how to prepare for it or, or what types of steps are you taking? Well, I've learned a lot from listening to others. Um, you know, as as much FOMO as I've always had when um, when national season comes around, um, I still stay plugged in and I listen and I hear what people are talking about as they're preparing to go. And so I feel like I've soaked a lot, up a lot of things over the years because I've been I've been hoping to go to this for a long time. I wanted to go in 2020 and that did not work out. Uh, in 2021, got a new job moved. It wasn't going to happen. Um, and then 2022, I just couldn't make Atlantic city. So, um, this has been many years coming. And so I've been planning for this trip to Chicago for at least a couple of years. And, um, and so I've been thinking about all of the different ways that I'm preparing. And a lot of what I'm preparing for, um, uh, is through lists, just making lists in different categories of things that I want to have checked off, whether it's, you know, my want list, um, or other kinds of, you know, shopping lists and parameters around what I want to pick up on there. Um, my inventory list of what I'm bringing with me, um, my health plan for mm -hmm. not, um, getting sick and run down while I'm there, you know, things coming leading up to the trip as well as things I'm doing while I'm there, um, just to make sure I'm taking care of myself and able to enjoy as much of it as I can. And so, um, those sort of things. But then one of the big things that I did to prepare was actually last summer, going to Dallas with you guys and experiencing my first multi-day show so that mm -hmm. this wouldn't be that. Right. So this wouldn't be the first time that I ever do a multi-day show because as we probably will talk about in a little bit, um, multi-day shows are very dynamic in their, mm -hmm. um, in, in their layout and how things progress through the week. It's not like just getting up, going to a show, going to sleep at the hotel by it, and then getting up and going to a show again. There's kind of a life to multi-day shows that is different. Um, it's a different experience entirely than just a one-day show. Yeah, and you talked about your health plan there. And I don't know if, if it showed on on my face. I probably did. I was probably complaining by the end of the Dallas show. You know, that wasn't my first rodeo. I felt horrible by the end of that show because I didn't take good care of myself. And no, I'm not blaming Definitely. the Taco Bell. It, I didn't drink enough water. There were a lot of factors that went into that. But I felt awful by the end of that show. So that was my reminder for, hey, when I go to Chicago, I got to do this right. You know, I have to do things better. Now, uh, we'll go into some of the cards you're looking to pick up later. But I know from our previous conversations, you basically, if I remember right, you said, hey, I've got the funds accumulated for certain cards I'm looking for if they're there, if they show up. And I've also seen some story sales taking place lately. Is that related to the national or is that just kind of to keep things moving in the hobby? It's a little bit of both. Um, I 
kind of started, um, I wouldn't say a, a full cutoff, but I started to really cut back on buying um, sometime around May. And um, that was after doing a lot of fundraising. I've been working on raising funds for the national since late last year, um, had a goal in mind that reflects um, not only what's required to buy certain cards that I want, but also just having um, as much hobby fund acquired and accrued as I've ever had. Because this is going to be the biggest show I go to. I want this to be the biggest opportunity that I have. Um, but then, you know, as I've come along this spring, I've seen a lot of things come up that I really want. And I've taken advantage of a lot of opportunities. And my fundraising has gone better than it it could have. And so, mm-hmm. um, so I've been kind of doing a little bit of both there. Um, but yeah, I definitely have some specific things in mind as well as some specific um, strategies that I want to go about regardless of, you know, what that actually ends up being in terms of pickups. Yeah. I've, I've had a lot of people ask me, Hey, you know, if you see cards you want on eBay before the national, do you buy them or do you wait? And Chad, I think that might've even come up on your show recently. I am 100% in the camp. The time to buy the cards is when you see them as much as it feels great to have, you know, this national story about, I found my dream card at the national. If your dream cards on eBay, buy it on eBay. Um, you know, that's just, that's been my mentality. And I say that because I've, I've lost out on some stuff over time because I took a different approach. And now Chad, uh, you, like I said, you went to Chicago in 2021, so you kind of know what to expect. I don't know if your goals are the exact same now as they were then, but what does your preparation look like leading up to this point? I do have some different goals this year and my preparation has been a little bit different as well to expand off what Carter said. And I think because of what Carter said last year, I too have made lists and categories. First one are items to kind of take care of myself. You know, you really have to wear comfortable shoes in Chicago. It is pavement and it's a whole lot of pavement. And coming for someone who gets a lot of steps and feels like I walk, I was destroyed at the end of each day. Like my knees were hurting for the first time in my life. I'm like, what in the world is this? So making sure that you have good shoes, Take a phone let me, charger. Let with me you. just interject here. I'm sorry, Chad. Chad yeah. just straight up disappeared one day. Like I, did. I think, I did. and I didn't ask specifics, but I'm just like, I think Chad, like Chad's dead. Like I don't <laughs> know where Chad is. I went back to the hotel at like three o'clock in the afternoon. I was so tired. I just passed out on the bed and I missed the recording time. You know, our first season of the pack to the future, we were still going to record that day. And Ricky and Tim were still back in Salt Lake. And like, I missed the time that we were supposed to record. And I don't miss times on things. That's like my thing. And uh, slept right through it because, yeah, I was beat up. So taking care of yourself is a good thing. Take shoes. Other things that you're just going to need when you're out there. If you've got a phone charger, take it. You're going to need it for when you're looking up comps. Um, Water, ibuprofen, all those types of things that you're going to need. So kind of personal care. The second part is preparing cards. And I think everyone can kind of have that one down, know what you want to sell, know what you'd be willing to trade, have some idea what those things are worth, whether you have it written down or if you have it stored on your phone is a good idea. So you're not fumbling with it. Should that opportunity come up? I'm actually going to take a few cards and maybe get in line at PSA to submit cards. We'll kind of see how that goes. It's something I haven't done in the past, but got a little itch for it after a recent submission I had come back. You know, Carter mentioned finances. And that's another category that's obviously super important. I too had a hard cutoff in May of stop buying and that went right out the window. And the problem is that eBay still exists on my phone and um, my ability to stop looking and buying 
um, is not great. So, but you did it for a while though, because I remember yeah. messaging you like, yep. you know, you earlier, you mentioned how we should hold you accountable. I remember messaging you being yeah. like, Hey, get on eBay, man. Like buy the things you want. Well, that's a, that's a really tough part right now too, right? Because a lot of prices now are so reasonable and down so much from when they've been over the past three to four years that some of these cards that you start to see pop up, if they are there, grab them. And eBay has been that source for me. So I have sold off a few things. I have a few things at consignment now that will be done before the show airs, but trying to recoup some of that. So I'll still have a good financial plan. And I feel like we're talking about eBay so much. Good time to remind people to go to Kyle's website, click on his eBay affiliate link. We'll take you less than 30 seconds. You click it shop as planned and he'll get a small commission in the process. All right. Well, thank you, Chad. I do appreciate that. Um, And I think Chad's got one as well. Carter, if you've got one, you might as well plug it at this moment. You can just go onto my eBay account, buy cards for me, and I get every percentage of what you contribute. That's a smarter way to go. That's not bad at all, right? All right. So Chad, is there anything uh, aside from ibuprofen maybe that you're doing differently that you're preparing now as a result of your 2021 experience? You know, this is going to go a little bit different from that self-care plan. I'm someone personally who I'm very regimented. I know what just about every minute of my day is going to look like. And so because of that, I'm usually pretty strict at what time I go to sleep and wake up. I had so much fun with you guys in Dallas and it was so different than my norm, especially staying up at trade night. That was one of the best hobby experiences I've ever had. And so one of my intentional goals this year is to be less rigid with my timelines and go with the flow. And as opportunities present themselves, um, do them. You know, we we don't know when we're going to get these opportunities again, and it's important to to take them when they're there. And so that is kind of my biggest personal goal is to go with the flow of those opportunities when they present themselves. Yeah. And I'm not um, really excited about making a, a set schedule. Like I have certain things I want to go to, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. I've had a handful of people that say, Hey, you know, let's, let's plan to meet up on a certain day. And it's like, I can't keep all of that in my brain. And I like, I don't even remember to eat when I'm at the national. So you're just going to have to go to trade night and we'll just hang out there. That's what I've been telling everyone. Find me at trade night because I, I just can't, I can't physically remember to go to certain places at certain times during that week. It's just super chaotic. So um, now, you know, speaking of, of going to events and going to places, we all know that the show itself has specific hours, but the national experience goes way beyond that. There's dinners, there's social events and so forth. The trade nights are pretty close to the show. So we'll talk about those uh, a little bit more later. I want to consider those as a part of the show. I want to talk about the extracurricular stuff. Like in Dallas, uh, I wanted to go see some of the JFK stuff. And thankfully you guys, you know, you agreed to go along with that. I, I thought it was really enjoyable. I wasn't sure if I'd ever be in that area again. So Chad, I know you and Tim had talked about maybe going to a, a White Sox game at some point. I don't know what you decided to do there. Um, but Chad, what's your current stance or your strategy on doing other things in Chicago during that same time frame? So Tim and I on our show, we did talk about going to a White Sox game. I think for now we're going to hold off. They're playing the Cubs. And so that rival you know, within the city really kind of marked up prices there. And so as of now, I did not set anything else up in stone as far as reservations for restaurants or some of those things that we speculated on, at least when we spoke about it. I've done none of it. I've researched that there's 
I looked up online and it appears to be a park across the street with a running trail. Running's a great part of like my overall well-being and my energy. So I'm planning on doing that in the morning. Aside from that, I'm not making any firm plans. And we'll see how that goes. You know, very different from what I did two years ago and something that will trial and maybe in retrospect, I won't be happy with that decision. But um, for now, a very uninsightful answer, but with a specific reason, I guess. Well, um, you don't have to pretend like you like baseball on this show. And I, I will say I went to a White Sox game in 2019 and it, there was some travel and it was boring as hell. And uh, I, you know, I am not going there again. So uh, you're not going to miss out on anything there. In my opinion, I know some other people will say differently, but um, Carter, you might have the best plan of them all. And I, I think you and maybe Mrs. Carter, Mrs. MC Basketball PC, I should say, are doing some of that stuff ahead of time, correct? Yeah. So <clears throat> knowing that this was coming for me, um, you know, I I feel like I get some some leash in our marriage. We we try to let each other have fun experiences. My wife is currently out of town on another vacation without me. And so it's definitely a give and take thing. But I thought, you know, we might could grease the wheels in terms of logistics because we got to get a, a summer vacation in. And so I I pitched the idea to my wife about um, us making Chicago our summer vacation. And she loved that idea because we've been talking about going to Chicago together for a while. And so um, we have set up the entire first half of the week and the weekend before the show to um, to just be a vacation for us. And so we'll be doing a lot of things. Uh, we've got a lot of experiences lined up. And the great thing is, like, I'll be able to go to Chicago, have all of those experiences with a person I love, and then um, she's going to fly home on Wednesday. And um, then I get to to link up with more people I love um, in a different way. And so, um, <clears throat> you know, we'll be doing some of those things. One of the things I'm really excited about is um, hitting up a, a Chicago Sky game on Tuesday night. Okay. Um, they're playing the defending champion Aces. Um in a, a matchup that I'm pretty excited about. I've been one of my main PC players is Asia Wilson. And so she'll be there as well as Candace Parker and Kelsey Plum, the whole lot. So I'm really excited about that. Um, I actually got some tickets from another hobby friend of mine, Kyle, a uh, different Kyle of Kyle collects um, Kyle and a short collects things his Instagram. Um, I believe he's a, a season ticket holder. He was able to hook me up pretty well with some, some seats I'm excited about. And I, I think, um, and now correct me if I'm wrong. The last I saw the aces have lost one game. Is that right? It's two now. My two, okay. other, my other PC player, Arike Gumbawale, um, led her, her Dallas wings over the, the aces the other night, um, in a thriller. So, um, they're still, they're still hot. Make no mistake. Um, that team has, um, five multiple time all-stars on their, uh, in their starting five. Um, two of which are are locks for Hall of Fame. So they're pretty hot right now. Yeah, well, I yes, I know. I, I literally, just before we recorded, watched Dallas beat um, my Indiana Fever by, I think, one point. So, yeah, another one of those games. All right, so let's go back to the idea of trade nights and some of the other experiences that might be available here. So that could be athlete signings, VIP events, corporate events, and so forth. I know I've signed up for a couple of things I've never done before. I'm going to an Allen Iverson signing, which I never thought I would do. And then I'm taking a photo with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I'm really excited about that. Chad, is there any of that stuff on site or close to the convention you plan on participating in? And I know you just said you kept your schedule pretty open, but anything you know of right now? I did take a long look at that list, which is a very impressive list. 
And for me, there wasn't anyone that stood out that I either had a card of that I wanted signed in particular or that I wanted a photo with. So despite looking through it, as of right now, the answer is no. Um, there are a couple of impressive Denver Broncos. I know this is a basketball card podcast, but I've really toyed around with that idea. But as of now, no. And I'm hoping to kind of just share in the excitement of you getting your card signed and seeing what other people do. Okay. So, um, Carter, what about you? Anything in the immediate area you have planned? Um, so I suppose, I mean, I've, I've got VIP passes for the week. Um, cause I wanted to be able to, I'm driving my car up there and I wanted to be able to park it on right. the site. So I've got one of those, um, and that gets me access to a few autograph signers, um, for free. Uh, but they're all like Bulls players that I don't right. particularly like Bill Cartwright. Well, it's Bill Winnington. Oh, um, Bill Winnington. <laughs> who might as well be Bill Cartwright, let's be right. honest. Might as well be Tony Kukoc, right, Jeff? I mean, if it was Tony Kukoc, I'd be way more interested. But it's him, BJ Armstrong, um, I think Bob Love. So I mean they're oh, okay. Like, okay, I mean they're cool players, but probably more so if you're a Chicago fan. I don't know if I'll I'll stand in line for them. That's the thing. Right. It's like, yeah. if it's a long line, I can't imagine myself doing that. And then I'm not planning to buy tickets to any, um, to any of the other, the other autograph signers. I think really, um, you know, it's just going to be about kind of looking around the show um, Wednesday, maybe early Thursday, kind of scope out what are some of the booths and things that I want to, you know, try to get an experience from. And then, you know, obviously making plans for trade nights and then we'll go from there. Okay. So you mentioned the trade nights and I, uh, I did as much digging as I could this afternoon. I've heard all about, you know, oh, a bunch of different trade nights. I've only found three that are like officially posted somewhere and, and I could be wrong, but there's the card collector two trade night on Thursday at 7 PM, which I'm like 100% going to, there is the, uh, Wolfpack trade night and hobby hangout Friday at 6 PM which I, I do want to try and make it to that one. And then there's another one Friday called the main event, which is a wrestling trade night, which I don't have wrestling cards to trade. So uh, Chad, you've been like all about these wrestling cards lately. Are you going to the main event? I am going to go. Yeah. I think that one was put on by Gelman cards. I think that's how you mm -hmm. pronounce his name. And they even got sponsored by Panini within the past week. And it seems like they're growing this and trying to make it an annual thing. So, you know, I, I just have a handful of wrestling cards. I'm, <laughs> this will be something new for me. So I am going to try and hit that one up on Friday. All right. Well, I know there are people that go to this thing, this thing being the national strictly for the experience. And, and really, you know, there are parts of it that are like a museum. I know the last one I went to, there was like a Bill Russell game worn Jersey. So I love seeing that kind of stuff. I think alt is planning on bringing their Steph Curry logo, man. Um, so I'll definitely be looking for that. I, I like to see that kind of stuff in person. Uh, but I'm definitely not an experience only kind of guy. This is a giant card show and I'm there for the cards and I want to buy them. I don't want to just look at them. So Carter, I, you know, we've talked about how you secured some funds already to look for those dream cards. I'm going to assume there's some Mike Conley cards on that list, but Hey, you know, there are people listening to this that are going to the national. So if, if you don't mind, or if you want to list off the cards you're looking for, and let's kind of keep those in mind and see if we can't find them. Yeah. So um, my approach to my want list is kind of twofold. And there's one that I'll be sharing out and one that I won't be sharing out. Um, and so the one that I'm sharing out is really my true want list with 
um, specific cards that I want. The other one is more like a, just a general shopping list that has kind of parameters around what I'm going to allow myself to buy. It's maybe non-specific, you know, certain types of sets or qualities of card or player. Um, but just to stick to kind of the specifics, the, the want list, um, still looking for that 2012 gold prism, Mike Conley. Okay. That's um, the one I was thinking of. I, I was hoping you would say that because yeah. we have to find that card for you. Yeah. Um, the only one that surfaced recently went on PWCC for like $700. And that was just wild to me. Um, I think it was a PSA 10 though. Maybe that was why I don't know. Um, but I'm looking for that. I'm looking for um, a Bill Russell game worn jersey card. Um, so something with a warm up or, or whatever in it. Uh, I want a Kareem Abdul Jabbar autograph, like a nice one. I want to get a get a cool one. Um, and then um, some Asia Wilson rookie autos. Gonna be looking for those. I've got one of the three, so I need the other two. Um, Arike Agumbawale, any any gold rookies of hers. Um, I'll be looking for those. And um, and then there's a couple of Jaron Jackson cards that I'm looking for, um, uh, as well as a couple of Sharif Abdurrahim's, um, mostly his his 96 chrome refractor rookie. Um, so I've I've got enough funds um to where I should be able to buy three or four of those at least, um, even if it's the most expensive ones with about half of my funds. So I'm going to try and preserve those as long as I can until around maybe Saturday morning. You know, if I don't find a bunch of stuff by then, then, you know, maybe we'll shoot from the hip a little more. So um, something to consider and and you knowing you, you probably already like went through this already. If I don't know what a, a certified Kareem autograph cost at this point, you, you mentioned waiting until Saturday. I think he's signing Saturday morning. So if you don't find the one you want, have you considered just getting it from Kareem himself? Um, I did. I looked at it. Um, I saw the price of his autos. <laughs> right. The, my my problem that would be a really cool experience, Kyle. It really right. would. I would love to go up there, get one from Kareem in person, exactly the way I want it. Um, but the price just to get his ink on a card will get you a really nice pack pulled Kareem auto. Yeah, a really nice one. Like. And so I just can't justify it, really. I, I think I would rather hold off and get a Kareem auto on eBay after the show. Yeah. Well, and that's uh, someone earlier today asked me, hey, what card are you going to get Kareem to sign when you get a picture with him? I said, I'm not. <laughs> I can't I can't justify the cost for both of them. I can go buy a Kareem auto. Yeah. I can't buy a picture of me and Kareem otherwise. Um, yeah, I now, looked at it. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's it's worth considering, but it sounds like 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 you said, you've already gone through all that. Now, Chad, um, your team and your collection has changed quite a bit since the last time you came on the show. I don't even know if you're a Jazz fan, to be honest. Uh, I don't know where you stand right now. I know you just hate Danny Ainge. What cards are you looking for specifically? You know, what do you want to walk away with? Yeah, I don't know if I'm a Jazz fan at this point either. So I'm still trying to work that out. That's probably a conversation for me and my therapist. But um you know, I've thought a lot about this. There are some non-basketball things that I'm going to be looking for, but from a basketball perspective, over the last few weeks, I've put thought into this, and I think it's going to be something that I've toyed with collecting sets of over the past several years, and that's going back to early 90s inserts, which probably doesn't ring a bell with a whole lot of people right now, but for me, that was the time that I got into collecting, 
specifically want to start on 93, 94 finest refractors. And at some point, Jordan's got to be on there. You know, when I was a child, that set was just the cream of the crop. And it was always priced just out of my price range. That year has so many players that went on to be Hall of Famers. And I think that would be a lot of fun. I've also wanted to dive into Stadium Club First Day issues back from 93, 94. Looking into that today, there are far more of those printed for each individual player than I thought they were. I know that that's right in the height of junk wax, but I never saw the number of roughly a thousand of those first day issues per card. And you can do the math on that and just see how many of those boxes that they printed, which is just silly. Uh, A scoring Kings Jordan, I think at some point I need to get as well, just to kind of put the bow on that early 90s. So I think that's where it's going to be for me. Now, Kyle, you mentioned this in the past that the last time you and I spoke, it was Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert. And much of my Rudy Gobert is gone. The select gold rookie, I think I always hold on to just because it looks like a piece of art. I still have a lot of my Donovan Mitchell, but I don't think I'm going to be buying Donovan Mitchell at this show. A lot of his jazz stuff I have. The stuff that I don't have with him in a jazz uniform is probably outside of my price range. And so while I'm still keeping him, I don't know that I'm buying him now. So it's a very weird time for me with basketball cards. Um, Carter, you know, was there. I've talked about this on our show. And I think Kyle, maybe even with you as well, that in the midst of me having a breakdown about the jazz and Donovan Mitchell last year in Dallas, Carter was there to, to help guide me. And I'm still happy with that decision to keep a lot of my Donovan Mitchells, but I just don't know that he's going to be a top my list this year. Yeah, probably, um, probably good that you're not adding a lot more from here on out, but I like the nineties hunt because, um, there it's a challenge still, but they're also accessible. So like that's something you should be able to find at the national because it can be frustrating hunting for something that's just not there. I know going into my first national, somebody said you will find every specific card you want at the national. Well, guess what? I did not find a 72 tops signed Jimmy Walker. Like there was a lot of stuff on my list that I didn't find. Maybe they didn't realize how specific some of the stuff I wanted was, but it was not there. So don't fall into that trap. Okay. Well, gentlemen, um, let's hope that we can do all the stuff we talked about and find all the stuff and fulfill all our wildest cardboard dreams here in a couple of weeks. I appreciate you taking the time to come on the show. Before we go, I want to give you some time to, I'll, I'll give you your choice here. If you want to offer a final thought, if you want to give your social handles, maybe you're on threads now, who knows? If you want to plug anything you might be looking for, Carter, let's go ahead and start with you. The floor is yours. All right. I want to shout out to everybody who's not going to the national. Um, if you made it this far into the podcast, number one, props to you. This is going to pay off for you at some point. I was in your shoes not too long ago. Um, but also I want to say that it feels like to me this, I mean, this is anecdotal, but it feels like um, the run up to the national has directly correlated with an offloading of cool cards mm-hmm. that people are willing to get rid of because it doesn't mean enough to them to not use it as a fundraising tool. Um so keep your eyes open in the couple weeks leading up to the national for people who get desperate and they let go of the card that you want that they don't care about. Use the opportunity and then maybe we'll see you next year. All right. Well, um, Chad, I don't know if you can follow that, but um, go ahead and give it a try. Yeah. Next time we do this uh, trio, I'd like to request going first on these answers. <laughs> uh, nope. Carter spot on. I couldn't agree more. 
The other thing that I'll add is, you know, the experience that I talked about that I'm looking forward to, and this is obvious with anything that we all say, maybe it's not right for you and that's okay, but just kind of have a thought in mind of what you want to do and make this experience your own. This is truly the Disneyland of card collecting and there's something for everyone there. Um, so I, I'm very excited. I'm excited to hang out with you guys and it should be a good time. All right. Well, I appreciate you guys coming on. I will make sure to get your guys' social handles in the description so people can get those pages if they haven't already. As usual, you guys can find me on Instagram under at Wax Museum Podcast or Twitter under the handle at Wax Museum PC. In the meantime, if you like the content I'm providing, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Podcast. Hit up the website for my affiliate links, tag Taco Bell, and let them know they can pay me in burritos. And until next time, this is the Wax Museum Podcast. <laughs>